This is CPX number 62, How Soon Should a Baby Be Baptized After Birth? We are in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, page 65, question and answer number 11 to 15. God give you his peace, and omni patris affidit spiritus sancti, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good, amen. Number 11, when should infants be brought to the church to be baptized? Answer, infants should be brought to the church to be baptized as soon as possible. Number 12, why such anxiety to have infants receive baptism? Answer, there should be the greatest anxiety to have infants baptized because on account of their tender age, they are exposed to many dangers of death and cannot be saved without baptism. Number 13, do parents sin then who, through negligence, allow their children to die without baptism or who defer it? Answer, yes, fathers and mothers who, through negligence, allow their children to die without baptism, sin grievously because they deprive their children of eternal life. And they also sin grievously by putting off baptism for a long time because they expose them to danger of dying without having received it, baptism. Number 14, When the person who is being baptized is an adult, what dispositions should he have? Answer, an adult who is being baptized, besides faith, should have at least imperfect contrition for the mortal sins he may have committed. Number 15, if an adult in mortal sin was baptized without such sorrow, what would he receive? Answer, if an adult was baptized in mortal sin without such sorrow, he would receive the character of baptism but not the remission of his sins nor sanctifying grace. And these two effects would be suspended until the obstacle is removed by perfect contrition or by the sacrament of penance. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is truly risen. I wanted to give you my schedule for my blog and my podcast in the future starting next week. Monday is going to be VLX. Tuesday, a blog. Wednesday, CPX. Thursday, a blog. Friday is Theology and Current Events, that's TCE, that's going to be podcast or here on YouTube. And Saturday, Life Update blog, that's going to be on one of the back pages on my blog. So again, Monday VLX, Tuesday blog, Wednesday CPX, Thursday blog, Friday optional TCE, that will come out if I have the time, and then Saturday Life Update also if I have the time. Today we are just looking at number 1511, but these are super important questions for the salvation of you and your family. So even though I get a little long-winded, I really want you to listen to this, one, so you understand the importance of sorrow for adults receiving baptism, and two, why it's so important to have your babies baptized as soon as possible. Now, probably most of you listening to this already know this, that you should have your kids baptized as soon as possible, but you're going to have friends and family who don't, and I'm going to give you all of their possible oppositions to what they might say or what they might say to you on this so that you can answer them why it's so important for the salvation of children to have them baptized as soon as possible. But let's start with number 15. The Pope just asked if an adult was baptized without being sorry for his sins. Let's say hypothetically a an adult gets baptized but isn't sorry for his sins. Would the baptism work? He says no. Here's my theological additions as to why that's the case. Baptism doesn't work without faith and sorrow for adults. So also, remember this, confession doesn't work without faith and sorrow for your sins. This is the Pope, this is all the Popes, and the Council of Trent, not me. As I said on my last podcast, Donatism is the heresy you have to be perfect or faultless for the sacraments to work. That's not what I'm claiming. Um, But having faith and sorrow 
doesn't make you perfect. It just makes you a good target of grace. And honestly, this is why sinners like Mary Magdalene and Peter took to Jesus much more rapidly than the religious leaders in the Bible. Similarly, what does the church require of adults or teens who are about to get baptized? Faith in Christ and sorrow for past sins. Now, remember, sorrow comes in two forms, perfect contrition and imperfect contrition. As most of you know, perfect contrition is sorrow for offending God, for crucifying Christ with your sins. It's based in love. Imperfect contrition is sorrow for your sins because you're afraid of a punishment like hell. That's based in fear. But it still works sufficiently for baptism and, and confession, which is better to have perfect contrition. But either way, you need faith in Christ and sorrow for sins for these sacraments to work, baptism and confession, even if that's only imperfect contrition. We're talking adults receiving this now. Even kids have to have faith, but their godparents can answer in proxy for them, just as, say, the dead children in the Bible, the faith of the parents suffices for Christ to raise them. But there has to be faith in most of these cases in the Bible. There's a few examples like the widow of Nain and her son being raised without asking anything. Um, that's just the super abundant grace of God right there. But for an adult today to have his sins washed away, he has to have faith in Christ and sorrow for his sins. And a quick note on that, perfect contrition is out of love. And not only is it the best way to honor God, but it's also your best way to avoid future sins along with real resolutions, concrete resolutions. Okay, number 11. This is the big part of it today, so listen closely. Number 11, when should infants be brought to the church to be baptized? The Pope answers, infants should be brought to the church to be baptized as soon as possible. Now, before we jump into that, I want to give a really quick correction to my last CPX. Last time, I quoted an old pamphlet, and I said, do not baptize miscarried babies that are surely dead. And I stick by that. I'm not going to correct that. I just want to add one thing onto it. I should have better explained that you err on the side of baptism when you are not sure, even if that's just an embryo that's passing. So whether you want to call that a baby or a fetus or an embryo, that new individual, if there's a chance it's still alive, definitely still baptize. So do err on the side of baptism for miscarried babies, even things as small as embryos that are passing. I'm just saying avoid superstition. That was the point of my last thing is just avoid superstition. That's all I meant to say. Okay, let's talk today about delaying baptisms for infants born healthy. Today we're talking about infants born healthy. Now, many Catholics wait, say, three months to have their kids baptized. And sadly, most parish priests outside the traditional Latin mass world are usually not too concerned about this. There's a few exceptions of good priests that are. But most Catholics... Priests and families alike really aren't too worried if the family says, hey, grandparents are flying in in three months. We're going to wait three months to baptize the baby. I'm going to explain today why that's a very horrible idea. And I think there's a theological reason for this practical confusion that I want to explain today. It has to do with limbo. And that might seem like a topic way far off from delaying a healthy baby's baptism for three months. But I think you're going to see how these two things come together in a minute. Now, before Vatican II, Catholics were taught that unbaptized babies go to a paradise without the beatific vision called limbo. These babies died in original sin, but no actual sin. So the church, at least since Augustine taught, they deserve no pain of punishment. And this is where they were relegated to a place called limbo. Now, there was some debate on the vocabulary where this really called limbo, but essentially limbo is a place so beautiful that it's really what most of you and me would picture as heaven. Of course, the beatific vision of what really is heaven is just galaxies beyond what you or I could imagine. But my point is this. Limbo, even though it's not as good as heaven, 
So I get why people don't like this idea out there, especially those who have miscarried kids. Um, limbo is really an unbelievable paradise. Now, today's not going to be a debate on limbo, and it's not even going to be a defensive limbo. Dr. Taylor Marshall has some good videos if you want to jump into theology of it. I just want to discuss one effect of denying the limbo of the infants. So let me say that again. This isn't to rile people up who've had miscarriages or abortions, and you are forgiven if you've been to confession for those abortions. This, this isn't to tap your emotions on this. I just want you to see how this plays in to why babies born healthy have to get baptized so quickly. And I think there's a connection, and it kind of goes like this. If all babies go to heaven with or without baptism, the argument being they're all innocent, then baptism is just symbolic, not efficacious. Let me say that again. If all babies go to heaven with or without baptism, then baptism is just symbolic. Now, a liberal modernist, a liberal modernist heretic who's Catholic would actually have no problem with that. But the more conservative modernist Catholic heretic, I know those are weird adjectives, but the more conservative modernist heretic would say back to me here, well, baptism is necessary for salvation, but remember what St. Thomas Aquinas says, God has bound salvation to the sacraments, but he himself is not bound by the sacraments. Well, theologically, there are some good arguments for this, but practically, it still brings us back to the same fact. If baptized babies and unbaptized babies all go to the same place, then baptism's not necessary for salvation. Now, my first rebuttal of this is that St. Thomas Aquinas meant that quote, as an exception to the rule on salvation. He didn't mean it as the rule for most of humanity who is currently dying without baptism because we're sitting around talking about this stuff in coffee shops instead of going out, spreading the gospel, and baptizing people and talking on YouTube channels. But I have gone to places and I've baptized people and I'm trying to spread the gospel. Um, why this is so important to be vigilant on this right now. Now, secondly, we have to look at all this very, very practically, not just theologically, because I know everyone knows these theological loopholes, but I want to show you the practical effect of all of these modernist loopholes. Now, I get the whole argument that these are innocent babies, but that is why limbo is a paradise. And by the way, they're not totally innocent since they were conceived in original sin. So they have original sin, but not actual sin. So in the in the realm of actual sin, you're right, they're, they're innocent, and that's why they go to a paradise, limbo. Um, but they do die in original sin, and that is a block to the beatific, beatific vision. Um, but let's just look at this very, very objectively. This isn't to tap people's emotions on past miscarriages, past abortions. I just want you to see where laziness on this front leads to laziness on the vigilance of getting healthy infants baptized. Okay, so please don't see this as a weigh-in on all these emotions tied together. I just want I just want you to see where changing the church's theology in people's minds, it can't change, but people thought it changed, leads to a total lack of vigilance. Um, if all unbaptized babies go to heaven, then we just have to be really honest. Baptism, in that case, is not necessary for salvation. And another problem on this front, as long as we're talking about abortion, is this. Consider the fact, I go to the abortion center most Wednesdays. The doctor inside there kills 10,000 babies a year at that one I go to. Now, if all those babies go to heaven, then that doctor is sending more kids to heaven than any priest alive today. Oh, no, 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 no. You say, but the devil gets his hands on the couples having the abortion, and they're the ones in danger of hell, but the babies go to heaven. Well, okay, 
But the same priests and bishops who would say that last line right back to me, those same bishops and priests that say that, those are also the ones that essentially teach that those couples aborting their babies are ultimately going to be saved for having a few good thoughts of God on their deathbed. And let's be honest then, in this case, everybody's really saved. The unbaptized baby saved and the, ba and the baptized baby saved. The homeschooling mom who had five kids is saved and the mom who aborted five kids is also saved as long as she had some good feelings to God on her deathbed, whether or not she went to confession. And by the way, you can be forgiven abortions in confession, but the problem is we have all these modernist theologians that say some happy thoughts to God on your deathbed is enough to be saved. But if everybody's saved at the end of the day, Okay, then fine, but then realize the following three things don't matter at all. One, your actions. Two, the sacraments. And three, God forgive me for even repeating this blasphemy, the passion and death of Jesus Christ. The truth is the bishops who teach, dare we hope that all men be saved, they can never objectively empty the cross of its power, but they do empty the cross of its power subjectively, and they will be liable to hell if they do not recant their errors. Because by teaching that everybody goes to heaven theologically, and I know they, they think they have their loopholes, but practically they are teaching in that that your actions don't matter. Sacraments don't matter. The passion and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection, you can figure out the rest of the sentence. I don't even want to say it on the air. Because all those things are not necessary if we're all going to heaven anyway. So why am I talking about this on a CPX called How Soon Should a Baby Be Baptized? It's not to get people who've had miscarriages and abortions in their past riled up or worried. It's to get you to be rapid and vigilant about getting your future healthy babies baptized as soon as possible. Let me tell you a story how theology has changed the practical outcome in the average Catholic mind. A young Catholic mom I knew from way back when I was in seminary, she was never my parishioner, but I knew her from some work and some youth group stuff. She had a baby in a neonate unit and, and that family was not sure baby was going to make it. And so I asked the mom if they had a priest who was going to come and baptize the baby. She said, no. I said, well, can I come? She said, no. I said, can I teach you how to baptize baby in the incubator? No. Um, baby was going to make it home and have a regular baptism with grandparents and a cake and a party and everything. Those weren't her exact words, but it was, it was aiming to the party. And then I realized she was mind-willing this baby to live, and essentially an incubator baptism would have been resignation to death for her and her husband. Uh, now, I don't blame that mom for coming to that conclusion because she'd gone to a very liberal parish that would have taught all babies baptized and unbaptized go to heaven. So now do you see why the broken theology leads to very broken decisions on all of this stuff? If, if none of this matters, then guess what? None of this matters. Um, so, and I don't mean this sarcastically, can you see why she was more vigilant for the cake than for her baby's immortal soul? Because baby's immortal soul, according to her, was going to be saved either way. Because she was taught all babies go to heaven. And again, if all babies go to heaven, then in some sense, I agree with her lack of vigilance. This was mind-willing the baby to live. And therefore, an incubator baptism would have been resignation to death. I get it. So again, I don't blame this young mom as much as the priests who taught her in her diocese that essentially there's no rush on getting to the waters of baptism.
Now let me give you another story from a family I knew. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but there was a family in a different diocese. They reached out to me. They said under COVID, the bishop had said no baptisms. And so I helped them learn how to do a home baptism. I walked the dad through a home baptism. Not super complex, but you get nervous uh, when you're doing these things. And so this shows that there are families who are going to listen to divine revelation more than particular law. We listen to particular law insofar as they have a competence in the bandwidth, but that can never trump divine law that places the supreme importance on getting your baptized as soon as possible. And therefore, it wasn't disobedient. Even the new code of canon law that came out in 1983, the very last canon, says salvation of souls is primary. So what is the mind of the church on this? Not just canon law. What is the mind of the church, the heart of the church through all of time? Well, look in any saint book and you'll see every saint in the Middle Ages was baptized the same day they were born. Not exaggerating. Any story you read of the saint, it'll say, born February 2nd, baptized the same day. Born August 2nd, baptized the same day. In fact, I just did a quick Google for this, and I just put in saint born and baptized the same day. First one that came up, St. John Vianney was born on the 8th of May, 1786, in the French town of Dardilly, France, near Lyon, and, and was baptized the same day. Um, look in any old school book and you're going to find that. Now, the early church is different because there was a lot of like teens getting baptized, leaving their pagan parents and coming into the church. But as far as good Catholic families, you'll be very hard-pressed to find any good Catholic family in the first millennium or the second millennium before 1950 that waited more than 24 hours to have baby baptized. What's the point of all this? I'm begging you to get your babies baptized the same day as their birth because you have no idea how long baby will live. You all know what SIDS is, sudden infant death syndrome, and be aware of this. Even the new code of canon law released under Pope John Paul II says babies should be baptized as soon as possible. So nobody can tell me the church doesn't believe this anymore or that was superstitious medieval people who thought the boogeyman was gonna come take their baby away in the bassinet before they died. The Latin in the new code of canon law is quam primum, that is as soon as possible. That's the new code of canon law released under John Paul II. It says babies must be baptized as soon as possible. Okay, now speaking of modern popes, here's an argument I would use against me if I was arguing against um, me. Pope Benedict, it is true, seems to have denied the limbo of the infants. Now, the first problem with that is that every single pope and saint before Vatican II promoted a limbo of the infants even if they didn't use the same terminology as limbo. Now, granted, a few saints challenged this, like the 12th century Saint Bernard, but I've since found that certain popes shot this down. Let me say as a real quick aside, I really wish, and if it's not heresy, even hope that Saint Bernard is correct. You see, I really do hope that there's some way aborted babies and miscarried babies are safe. So I'm not more cold-hearted than you. I get why we want them all in heaven. I get why limbo is not good enough. I get why we want them to have the beatific vision, okay? But we have to look at the flip side of it of is baptism really necessary for salvation? So I'm just looking at this not as a matter of defending God's heart, just is baptism necessary for salvation? Um, so let's hypothetically say um, Pope Benedict XVI probably found out something new about the revelation of God and all the old school popes are probably wrong about the limbo of the infants and all aborted babies probably go to heaven. Well, here's my question to you families on how fast to have your babies baptized after birth. Is probably saved 
good enough for your baby if it dies of SIDS in its first week after birth just because you decided to wait a month for grandparents to come into town for the baptism of your baby is probably enough for an eternity in limbo or heaven if the old school popes are right and the new school popes are wrong? Am I using fear? You bet I am. There is a lot at stake. Listen again to the canonized Pope today, number 12. Number 12, why such anxiety to have infants receive baptism? Answer, there should be the greatest anxiety to have infants baptized because on account of their tender age, they are exposed to many dangers of death and cannot be saved without baptism. And cannot be saved without baptism. And number 13, do parents sin then who through negligence allow their children to die without baptism or who defer it? Answer, Yes, fathers and mothers who through negligence allow their children to die without baptism sin grievously because they deprive their children of eternal life and they also sin grievously by putting off baptism for a long time because they expose them to danger of dying without having received it. Now, there's probably some grandparents out there listening to this getting worried thinking, well, my kids aren't practicing the faith and maybe I should go baptize these kids in the sink. I like the vigilance, but here's why it's not the best idea. The new code of canon law says you can only baptize babies who there's a good chance that they're going to be raised in the Catholic faith. So if you baptize a child that's not going to be raised in the Catholic faith, you're just putting the crosshairs of Satan on it if it's not going to have the tools of catechesis to fight Satan. So again, we're not saying it has to be a perfect Catholic family for babies to be baptized. But if the parents are not practicing the faith at all, unless those grandparents are going to raise that baby, I would dissuade you fervent grandparents out there from doing it because it's better to wait when that baby has all the tools of scripture and catechesis to fight off the devil than to put the crosshairs of the devil on that baby's head. Just like it says, I think it's in 1 Peter or 2 Peter, the dog returns to its vomit and its state, second state is worse than the first. So this is why um, we only baptize kids that have a decent, doesn't mean perfect, a decent chance of being raised in the Catholic faith. So please have your babies baptized as soon as possible. God bless you all and thank you to all my donors and spiritual benefactors praying so much for me at Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis, Patris Efiri et Spiritus Santi, Descendet Supervos et Maniat Semper. Amen.